begin the Gemara today towards the bottom of Daf Lamedalet Amud Beis, where it says Amashmul, five six lines from the bottom of the Amud. So the Gemara here is discussing what is said in the Mishnah when you had the case of the two husbands that they they confused the two wives that were also sisters. And then it said in the Mishnah that for three months they have to separate from their wives. And then after three months they can go back to them. So the Gemara brings over here a discussion about this. Amar Shmuel, Shmuel said, V'kulon tzrichais All of these women that we mentioned here have to wait three months. Chutz migiyeres umushachreres ketana Besides a giyeres or a mushachreres, which is a shifcha kananis that got freed and she's a katana. Both of these, they were katana. They were under the age of bas mitzvah. And so and then, you don't have to wait at three months after they became freed or became converted to determine if a child that was born is born from before or from after. You don't have to wait for that. Okay, that's the statement that he said. Aval, now, uh, or this is actually part of what Shmuel says. Aval ketana bas Yisrael but when it comes to even, even a katana, but if she's a Bas Yisrael, if she's a Yid, she does have to wait three months after uh, there was a, well, we'll see, the Gemara will discuss here, after there was some relation with another person, in whatever situation it may be, as the Gemara will discuss in a moment, she will have to wait three months even for a katana. So again, the point over here is to determine who the child that's going to be born later from comes from. But he, so even though we're talking about a katana, nevertheless, Shmuel is saying that you will have to wait three months. So what are we talking about over here? In what case are we saying that a katana does have to wait three months until she could have relations with her husband? If we're talking about a katana that had a relation with a man, not a relation, really, she got married to somebody. This is the case where her brothers or her mother married her off, a kedushim with rabbanon. And now she has the option to leave her husband with me and to reject this marriage. So if that's what we're talking about, that she was married and then she was memayin. So in such a case, Shmuel, Shmuel once said, as the Gemara is going to quote here, that she does not have to wait three months after Mion. The Gzeira of Chachamim does not apply in this case of Mion. If there was a case where she was married and as a katana, and her father married her off. It's a real marriage, and she has to have a get to leave her husband. Shmuel once said regarding this case, that in such a case you do have to wait. Even a katana has to wait three months until she would get remarried. Shmuel, Shmuel said, Me and a boy, a katana, that rejected her husband in this marriage. That's only She does not have to wait three months until she gets remarried. No, son lo get, if she was fully married properly, and now she gave her husband a get, so she does have to wait three months. So why over here is Shmuel saying this halacha again? This is the Gemara, Ela Biznos. What are we talking about over here? We're not talking about a katana that was married. Whether married menateire or married midrabonan. We're talking about a katana that was mezana, that had a relation with someone out of marriage. And now what's the pshat over here? So why does Shmuel say that for a katana, even for a katana, she would have to wait three months. Chacham decreed that for a katana she should wait three months because not to confuse this with the halacha of a gedayla. In other words, even though a katana, there's really no reason for her to wait because she can't have any children with the previous relation. So there's no reason to have to determine a child that's born later who it's from. But nevertheless, in order to know clearly the halacha regarding a gedayla, that there, there is a reason to wait, so they made the same gzeda for a katana as well. 
Now Rashi here adds, this whole gezeda though is only for a katana that's a yid. But when it comes to a katana, which is also a giyiris or a shifcha that got freed, since that's something that's uncommon, chachamim do not apply their gezeda to a, to a case that's loishchicha, that's uncommon. Frek, the gemare, but now migazrinon, katana, mishum gedayla. Is this what Shmuel said it true, that you make a gezeda for a katana as well, because not to confuse it with a gedayla, that even a katana has to wait as well three months, but Vatanan, we learned clearly in the Mishnah before, Imoyu Ketana. It's the case the Mishnah again was speaking about when you had these two sisters that were married to two brothers and then they exchanged their wives with one another. So afterwards the Mishnah says you have to wait three months. And then the Mishnah adds, Imoyu Ketanais. If these two sisters were Ketanais, so then She'enan Ruiz because they can't give birth, Miyat, they could immediately return to their husband. So you see that a Ketana does not have to wait. When it says in the Mishnah that you don't have to wait, that was a, a, an instruction that was given for a specific incident that happened at that time that there was a head to given. But, but it's unusual. Really the halacha is that there is a gzeda and you do have to wait because a katana could be compared to a gedayla. But in the Mishnah there was a hirah shah. For a certain reason, for a certain need, the hirah was given that you don't have to wait. So the Gemara questions this interpretation of the Mishnah. Are you telling me the story the Mishnah speaks about is something that actually happened? And Chachamim gave this, this Hayra gave that instruction at that time that this is what should be done, that you don't have to wait for three months. So Rashi here says the Gemara doesn't accept this pshat because it's not what it says in the Mishnah. The Mishnah just says the halacha. This is the halacha. The lashon of the Mishnah is im hoyu ketanis. If there were ketanis, you don't have to wait. It doesn't say in the Mishnah that there was a ma'ase. There was a story that happened this way. Ella, the Gemara says that that story that happened in the Mishnah is a very unusual story, and therefore it's something that's like something that's just uh, it happens once in a blue moon. Such a thing could happen. And therefore, and the Gemara explains why, because the story of the Mishnah, which is that two husbands exchange their wives with one another, such a thing to happen is extremely unusual, and therefore, in such a case, when it comes to a ketana, that you should have to wait three months, because it's very unusual. Similar to what Shmuel said, that when you have a ketana, and it's a giyayris, or a shifcha, that's also unusual, so therefore, there. But according to this version of what Shmuel said, when it comes to a regular katana that had a relation with another man, she will have to wait three months. Now there's another version of what Shmuel said. Omri they said, Shmuel said, All women that had a relation with someone has to wait, will have to wait three months until they can have a relation or go get remarried to another man. Besides a giyayres or a mshachreres, she's being freed from being a shifcha, even a gedayla, or not even, it doesn't say even, a giyayres and a mshachreres gedayla will not have to wait three months. That's the statement of Shmuel. So what do we understand from this? Aval not mashma from what Shmuel said, that Shmuel is speaking only about a woman that's a gedayla. And the Gemara understands that this refers even to the first half of Shmuel's statement. When Shmuel says you have to wait three months, that only means a gedayla. Now, just before I go weiter, the, the, why binigaya to a giyayres and a mushachreres gedayla? Why would you not have to wait three months to determine the child that's born later, who the child is from? The Gemara will explain soon. But before the Gemara comes to that, the Gemara first discusses the diak of what you see from Shmuel. Aval, ketana, bas Yisrael, when it comes to a ketana. 
Not, a, not only a katana that was freed or became, it was converted, even a katana, that's a yid. If she had a relation with another man, she does not have to wait afterwards for three months to go and get married or to get remarried. Now, what is the case speaking about over here? The Gemara repeats basically the same question that we asked before. Are we speaking about a case where she was married, and now she's rejecting her marriage? Shmuel already said this once before, that a katana married and she's now rejecting the marriage, she could immediately get remarried. Chacham did not apply the gzeda in this case. If it's talking about a case that she was fully married and she's getting divorced, but didn't Shmuel say the boy? Then in such a case, she would be, uh, she would have to wait for three months. As we quoted before, Shmuel said, "Me and a boy, if she rejects her husband of this marriage, that's only She does not have to wait three months to get remarried. If her husband gave her a get, she does have to wait for three months." So regarding what case is Shmuel here coming and saying that she would not have to wait three months? Says the Gemara, Ella business. What he's saying is regarding a case, not that she was married to someone. Not married, not menatera, not medirabonon. She just had a relation with someone out of marriage. And over there Shmuel was saying that she would not have to wait three months. Uznos bekitana loy shchiach. This nos of a kitana is not shchiach. Giyoyres. Okay, that, that's the Gemara's answer. Znosov a katana is not shchiach. So in other words, in the previous version of Shmuel, he said that only by a katana, which is also a giyotis, or a mishachreres, or was freed, that's not shchiach. Their chachamim did not apply a But a katana, which is a yid, chachamim did apply the gzeda. And the second version of what Shmuel said over here is, a katana, any katana, is not shchiach, that there should be the situation of znos, and therefore... Chachama would not gaze the gzeda that after this nus of the she should have to wait three months to be able to go and get married. So now the Gemara goes back to the second part of what Shmuel said that a giyotis or a meshuchreres, even a gedayla, will not have to wait three months until she can get married. Giyotis and meshuchreres. Now when it comes to a giyotis, so she was freed, the shchiach bohuz nus. So for them, before they became converted, or before they become a Yid, it is common that they should have relations with other men out of marriage. By a guy, it's more of a common thing. So if so, ligzer. Why would the Gzeda not apply that she should have to wait for three months to be able to get married? Answers the Gemara, who the Omek Shmuel holds like Rabbi Yaisi's opinion. So if you have a Giyotis, she's converted, or a Shvuya, she was captured. And then she was freed from captivity, as we see about Shivcha, or Shivcha, Shaniftuf, Shanisgaidev, Shanishtachro. They're redeemed, or converted, or freed. So now, Tzricha Islahamtin, Gimel Chadosh. Because we're concerned that any of these women had a relation with a man in that situation, so they now have to wait three months to be able to determine the child born, who's this child. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda, that's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yaisi disagrees. Rabbi Yaisi mate leyores v'lenosim iyad. Rabbi Yaisi allows any of these women to go and get married immediately. And so Shmuel is following Rabbi Yaisi's opinion. And now the Gemara here will explain what's the reason for Rabbi Yaisi's opinion. So Rabbi says, my time at the Rabbi Yaisi, what's the reason for what Rabbi Yaisi says? Why aren't we concerned about this nos that could happen before? Why didn't they have to, why didn't they have to wait? Kosova Rabbi Yaisi holds, Isha mezane, that yet these women take the armezane, but nevertheless, mishameshes b'moich kedesha le'tesabra. A woman in those, these guys, or these situations that we're speaking about, they're mezane, 
they are mezana, they have relations with a man in a way that they should not become pregnant. They use some kind of a cloth not to become pregnant. So therefore there's no reason to wait three months to determine who the child is because they will not become pregnant. That was the reason that the rabbi explained. So Abaye asks on Rabbi for the re- on the reason that he just gave. Now the basis of Abaye's question is going to be that what the Gemara is describing over here is that they make sure not to become pregnant. But how do they make sure not to become pregnant? They have to have a piece of cloth, something to use not to be pregnant. Now that's something that takes a bit of a tircha. You have to sort of be prepared for that. You have to have it available for you. So Abaye says, not in all situations... Could you rely on, on and be so sure that they're using this maich, this cloth, not to become pregnant? It would be understood regarding a giyaitis, why you're relying on this, that she used something not to become pregnant. Because she already, if, she, if we see she became a giyaitis, so she probably already had it in the plan to become a giyaitis, mintra nafsha. So even if she's having still relations with other men, but nevertheless, she's going to be careful with herself, in order to be able to distinguish a, a, a child that's born. You should know that this child that's born comes from after she became already a giyotis, or if the child was born from before she became a giyotis. So we could, we could expect, Take, that she would already be prepared for this and she's already careful and she has something like a contraceptive, she has this cloth to be careful that she shouldn't become pregnant. That's understood. We could say a similar thing regarding a woman that's been captured or a woman that's a shivcha. So we could also say that they're sort of prepared for this. The Shami Mimarayu, because they already heard from their master that they're going to be freed. They're, they're aware of what's going on. So so they can be prepared and they're careful with themselves. Hello, how about a situation where a shivcha gets freed suddenly and she was not prepared for this? She wasn't thinking that she's going to become freed. So which, what case is that? One of the cases that a shivcha kananis is freed from her master is if her master knocks out a tooth or knocks out an eye, one of, one, of the tw- one of the 24 limbs that if he knocks out and now she becomes freed, that's something that happens suddenly. So over here, how could you expect that she would have a moich, she would have something prepared that she should not become pregnant? If she becomes freed suddenly, shouldn't we be concerned that maybe she had a relation with someone else and she became pregnant and now she should have to wait for three months? So how could Rabbi say, this is the reason for Rabbi Yaisi? If you're going to argue and say, maybe in this case Rabbi Yaisi agrees. Maybe in such a case where she becomes freed suddenly and automatically, but because her husband knocked out a tooth or an eye, in such a case Rabbi Yaisi would agree that she does have to wait three months. But that's not true, because Vatnan, or the Gersi here is Vatanya, we learn Nebraise, Anusa Umafote. So the halacha of an anusa or mafute, they, they, whether they were coerced into this nus or mafute, persuaded, you have to wait three months to know who the child born later is. And this is talking even about a Yisraelis. We're not talking about a, a, a case of a guy. So that's that's what Rabbi Yehuda says. Rabbi Yehuda says, even regarding an Anusa and a Mufute, they're allowed to go and get married immediately. So what do we see over here? Even regarding in a case of an Anusa, where, where this is not something that a woman already has in mind, she has a reason of why she would want a contraceptive. She would want to do something to stop pregnancy. But she, this is something that happens suddenly. Nevertheless, Rabbi Yaisi says, even in such a case, we're we should be concerned that she would become pregnant, 
we still allow it to get married immediately. So there has to be some other reasoning for what Rabbi Yaisi said. So therefore Abaya says, Abaya. So Abaya answers, according to another version, it's Rabbi that said, Isha Mizana, a woman that is Mizana, that has relations out of marriage, and she does not want to become pregnant. So what she does is, Misapeches, Shalaitisaber. She turns over in order that the Zera that enters into her body should not be absorbed and that she should not become pregnant. Now this is something, even if it's happened suddenly and you don't plan and know, don't know about this in advance, this is something that you can do not to become pregnant. And therefore, it answers the question we asked before. We were making a distinction between a woman that knows in advance or doesn't. No, even if she doesn't know in advance, she turns over not to become pregnant. That's the, that's the basis of the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. And therefore Rabbi Yaisi's opinion is that this is not only B'negei to a guy, even a Yisraelis. If there's a case that a Znus happened, we don't have to have her wait for three months because we can, be, we can rely on the fact that she probably did something not to become pregnant. That's Rabbi Yaisi's opinion. Now, Shmuel does not exactly fully agree to Rabbi Yaisi. Rashi points out over here, Shmuel said his halacha, and earlier in the sugya, Rashi points out that Shmuel said his halacha only regarding a guy that became a giyaitis. Only in such a case did Shmuel say that we're not concerned that she became pregnant. B'negeya to a Yisraelis, Shmuel's opinion is that because by a Yisraelis, when she's married, and now she gets divorced or her husband dies, she has to wait three months, that even by Znus for a Yisraelis, you also have to wait three months. But to a so based on the Svara the Gemara said before, by a Giyaitis there's a unique Svara that she's already planning and becoming a Giyaitis, and therefore over there we can be sure that she doesn't want to become pregnant. Whether it's a relation with Znus, or even if it's with marriage, but because she knows she's becoming a Giyaitis, she does not want to become pregnant at that point. So only over there Shmuel held that they warned Geyser. Now the Gemara just explains over here the other opinion, the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that even regarding a case of Znos, or even regarding a Giyaitis and a Shvuya and a Shivcha, you do have to wait three months. Why? Isn't this Svara a very logical Svara? We, could, we should be able to rely on the fact that a woman that's having a relation out of marriage makes sure that she should not become pregnant. Says the Gemara, not necessarily. Maybe even if she does turn over and she tries not to get pregnant, but maybe it wasn't done well enough, maybe still the Zara would be absorbed and she would become pregnant. We have to be concerned for that. Okay, going back now to the Mishnah. What did it say in the Mishnah? The last statement of the last Mishnah of this Patek was regarding the case over here of these women that got exchanged with their husbands and that they can uh, go back to their husband afterwards. So the Mishnah concluded, if this happened when they got exchanged and they were kayanois, so then they become puzzle of going back to their husbands, which are kayanim. So the Gemara asks on this, kayanis in. This is only if they, they uh, were kainais. These women were kainais. But Yisraelis lie. But if they were Yisraelis. And this happened to them. That they got exchanged with their husbands. And they had relations with uh, as an Ashish Ish. With someone that's not their husband. So then they could go back to their husband that's a kain. How could you say this? So Rashi explains. The Gemara's question is. That the halacha regarding a kain is. If his wife. Mar- as married him, his wife, which is an Ashish Ish, has a relation with someone else. Doesn't matter if it was done b'mezid or even b'shegig or even b'aynis. Once she has a relation with someone else, she can't go back to her husband. Not only if her wife is a kohenes, any wife, even if her, her wife is a Yisraeli, she can't go back to her husband. Why does it say in the Mishnah a kohenes? 
Says the Gemara, Eime, so you have to read the Mishnah, Imhayu Nishaykayanim. If any of these women that were speaking about it in the Mishnah, so they were the wives of Kayanim, so then the wife of a Kayan that had a relation as an with someone else, which is what happened here in the Mishnah, they can't go back to their husband. But the Gemara is still not happy with this Pshat. So you're telling me that only if while they were married to a Kayan, and then they had a relation with someone else as an Ish, in, then this applies that they can't go back to their husband. But Nishay Yisraelim loy. If it was while these women were married to a Yisrael, to a regular Yid, and then they had a relation with an Eish then if they got divorced from this husband, they would be allowed to go back, or they would be allowed to go and get married to a Kayin. That's what's Mashra from a Mishnah. Only because they were married to Kayinim now. But if, again, if they're married to a Yisrael, and they had a relation with someone else as an Eish later they would be able to go and get married to a Kayin. But is that true? Rav Amram said that that's not the Allah. Ha Milsa, the following Allah, Amalan of Sheshis. Rav Sheshis told us, Van Herinu Le'einen Mimas Nisan. And he illuminated our eyes. In other words, he brought us a, a raya from a Mishnah. What is this Allah? That Eishes Yisrael, a woman, she's married to a Yisrael. So she's a Yisraelis, he's a Yisrael, Shanansa. And during that time of marriage, she's an Eishes Ish, she was forced into a relation with someone else out of the marriage. She is allowed to go back to her husband because her husband is a Yisrael, but she would be possible to get married to a Kayin. So if her husband dies and then she later wants to get married to a Kayin, the fact that she had a relation with someone as an Eishis Ish previously, so she's not allowed to get married to a Kayin later. So why is it saying in our Mishnah, we're changing the Girsa and we're saying that in our Mishnah, only if she had a relation with someone else as an Eishis Ish, when she was married to a Kayin, is it an issue? Smashma, if she's married to a Yisrael, it's not an issue, but that's not true. Amarave, so Rav changes the Pshat on Mishnah. Hachi, Ka'amar, this is how you have to read our Mishnah. If the case over here is that these are Kayinites, these are women that are Kayinites, and they're not even married to a Kayin, they're married to a Yisrael. If they had a relation with someone, as, uh, as they, when they wore an Ashes Ish, then if they would return back to their father's house, which is a Kayin, they, they would become puzzled to eat from the Trumah. What is this talking about? This is going to be later in the Masechta. Rashi explains what this means. Usually, the halacha of a Kayhenes is, when she gets married to a Yisrael, she can't anymore eat from the Trumah of her father's house. But what happens if she, her husband passed away and she had no children, and now she goes back to her father's house, now she could return to eat truma from her, from her father, which is a kain. But if, now this is what our mission is telling us here, if while she was married to this Yisrael, see, even though she didn't have any children, but she went and she was mezana with someone, as an Eish Ish, here, even if her husband dies and she goes back to her father's house, which is a Kayin, she will not be able to eat Truma. That's how you read our Mishnah. So if she was a Kayhanes, Nifselis, Nifselumina Truma, that she will not be able to eat the Truma from her father's house. Adron, Allah, This is the conclusion of the third Mesechte, of the third Pedic, that is, of Mesechte Yuvamis. Okay, we still have a way to go for the Mesechte. Yeah. Okay, let's begin the fourth Pedic of Mesechte Yuvamis. The Mishnah begins with the Halacha of Chalitza and Yibum. So as we know, the Halacha of Chalitza and Yibum only applies in a case when a person passes away without children. What happens if he passes away and he had no children, and then after Chalitza or Yibum is done, all of a sudden you see that his wife is pregnant. What do you do now? 
So a person goes and does Yibum, or Chalitza that is, for the Yivame. And now the Nimtzis Mu'beres. Now she's found to be pregnant. And the Yolda. And she actually gave birth. So now what's the story with this Chalitza? So if that child she gave birth to is a viable child, so then, he is allowed to go get married to any of her relatives. She's allowed to get married to any of his relatives. The Chiddush over here is, even though usually when you do Chalitza for a woman, so there's a Halacha Med that after you did that Chalitza, you're not allowed to get married to any of her relatives, and she's not allowed to get married to any of your relatives. Similar to the Halacha of a Grusha. After you divorce a wife, you're not allowed to get married to any of her relatives. But over here, in this case, the Chalitza was not a Chalitza. It's nothing. Why not? Because you see that she had a child. So the Chalitza was not necessary, Bechlau. And also, this Chalitza does nothing to passel her from getting married to a Kayin as well. Otherwise, Medir Abanan, a Chalitza is not allowed to get married to a Kayin. But this is not a Chalitza at all. But if the child that was born did not survive, it was a nafel, she miscarried, or was, died before 30 days. So then, who is Asr Bekrevei? That's what it means. Okay, the child is not not a viable child. So then, the mitzvah of Yibam or Chalitza still applies, and therefore, he would be also to get married to her relatives, she's also to get married to his relatives, and Psula Menakohuna, Upasla Menakohuna. She is a chalutza now, and she can't get married to any kainim. Similar halacha benigayet too. If the yavam went and did yibum for the yavama, hakainis is yivimtei. Person goes ahead and gets married. He does yibum for the yavama, thinking that she has no, she had no children. Her husband had no children, and then v'nimtzes mu'beres. And now afterwards, you see that she's pregnant. The yolda and she gave birth. So again, a similar halacha applies. If the child is a viable child, so Yaitzi, he has to send her away, he has to give her a get. He's not allowed to be married to her. Now it's Aishas Och. This is her husband, her, her brother's wife, which is, is, is also for you to get married. If there's no mitzvah of Yibum here. The Chayavim Bekarbin, not only that, they're both Chayav to bring a carbon Chatos because they were over on this erva of Aishas Och, Bibshaygik. And if the child born is not viable, so then you can, then he could stay married to her. The mitzvah of Yibum is properly done. If she becomes pregnant and a baby is born and they did not wait the three months in between, you're supposed to wait before you do the Yibum. So now when the baby is born, you're not sure if this is a child that was born from the previous marriage after nine months of pregnancy, or after this marriage, after seven months of pregnancy. Yaitzi, so he has to send her away, because he's not sure if he can remain married to her. But Vavlat Kosher, the child is a kosher child. Either the child, we don't know who's, who's his father, but the child either way is a kosher child. The Chayavim Ba'ashem Tali. And they're chayiv to bring a Oshem Tali, which is brought when you were over on a, an Aveda, and with a suffix, if you were over this Aveda, so you bring an Oshem Tali. That's the Mishnah. Because Meman of Shach, though, the Vlad is Kasha. That's what Rashi here says. Huh? Okay, let's, let's see if I turn the Gemara. So, the Gemara, Itmer, so we learned the following Machloikis between Rabbi Yechen and Rishlokish. A person that does Chalitza, 
and the chalitza turns out to be while she was pregnant, like the case that the Mishnah spoke about. And then, vihipila. And then she miscarried, so it turns out that the chalitza was actually a good chalitza because she miscarried. But during the time of the chalitza, she was a mu'beda, she was pregnant. Rabbi Yechenin Amas, Rabbi Yechenin says, That chalitza is a perfect chalitza, and she does not need the chalitza repeated again by any of the other brothers. Eshlokish Omar, Eshlokish says, Yes, she's a woman that miscarried and therefore her husband had no children, so she would need chalitza. But the first chalitza that was done during the time when she was pregnant is not good. And therefore she is going to need another chalitza from one of the brothers. Rabbi Yechenin says you don't need another chalitza from the brother. Why? The chalitza that was done at that time of pregnancy and later it turns out that she miscarried, it's a good chalitza. And the same thing also with the yibum. If he would marry her with, for the yibum at the time when she was pregnant, that be accounts for the mitzvah of yibum. He does not have to have another relation with her to fulfill that mitzvah. But Ishlakish Shamar Ishlakish disagrees. Tzricha chalitza min ha'achin. You're going to have to redo the chalitza again. Because chalitza me'uberes leishma chalitza. Chalitza done while she was pregnant, even though later it turns out that the pregnancy she was carried. But if that, at that time she was a mu'beres, the, the mitzvah of chalitza is not good. Or the same thing, u'biyas me'uberes leishma bi'ah. The relation he had for her to fulfill the mitzvah of yibum is not the mitzvah of bi'ah. So the Gemara now explains, b'ma'ikam mifligi. What is the basis of their machlekes? Either they're arguing about a pasik, or or if you want, I can tell you they're arguing about a pasik, or a svara that is. They're arguing about a svara logically. If you want, I'll tell you they're arguing about a svara. Rabbi Yechanan says as follows: If Eliyahu would come along and tell you right now when she's pregnant. Again, I'll tell you that even though she's pregnant now, but you should know she will miscarry. Is she not at this point, even though right now she is pregnant, is she not fit for the mitzvah of chalitza or yibum? Because we know the future that even though she's pregnant, but she will miscarry. So in such a case, if Leyoa Novi will tell you this, you will say that the yibum or chalitza done is good. So Hashtanami, so over here as well, even though you don't know the future, you don't have a Yohan Navi telling you this, but Tegali Milsalim Afreya, once she does miscarry, shouldn't that reveal retroactively that this is the fact? That even though she was pregnant before, but she was go- going to miscarry, and therefore the Chalitza and Yivam, even done while she's pregnant, is a good Yivam and Chalitza. That's Reb Rechenem. Rishlokish Rishlokish says, no, he doesn't hold of this concept that you say that this reveals retroactively that not that she miscarried, so therefore the whole pregnancy was not a pregnancy, and therefore the chalitza yivim was good. It doesn't, he says, Taisus here explains, the Rishayim explains, there's no reason to say that it, according to him, that it should go back lamafreya. This is a new development. When she was pregnant, so then at that point she was pregnant with a child that potentially could have been a viable child. Later that she miscarried, that's a new development. So therefore, only later did she become fit for Yibam and Chalitza, but not during the time of the pregnancy. Or if you want, I'll tell you, they're arguing about the Pasik. Rabbi Yechenin says, when the Pasik says that only if there's no children, then the mitzvah of Yibam applies. So what does the Pasik say? That he had no children. That's what the Pasik says. So at the time when she's still pregnant, so she had no children at that point, and later we see she miscarried, and she has no viable child. So therefore, the Pasuk Uven Enlai is fulfilled. 
and therefore the Yibam Chalitza, even at the time when she was pregnant, is a good Yibam Chalitza. Rishlokish says, Uven Einloi, how do you read the Pasek Einloi? It's written with an extra Yud here, it could have been written without a Yud, we had this before in the Gemara. Ayin Olav. Einloi means Ayin Olav, you have to analyze and look deeper to see whether there can be a potential for a child here. So at the time of pregnancy, when then there could be a potential for a child born, the Yibum and the Chalitza are not good. That's the Machlekes. So now the Gemara comes back to our Mishnah and asks the question on Rabbi Yechenin, or, or Rabbi Yechenin asks on Eishlakish, and then Eishlakish will ask on Rabbi Yechenin from what it says in our Mishnah. What did it say in our Mishnah? That the Mishnah spoke about this very case. A person that did Chalitza or Yibum for his wife. The Gemara is going to start with the case of Chalitza. He did Chalitza for his wife, and for this Yivame, and then she was, it turns out she was pregnant. So the Mishnah said, If the child born was not viable, so who also bekrev yisav? He asura bekrevav. So then... So he's going to be Aser for with her relatives, and and she's going to be Aser with with his relatives. and he passes her for the kohonem. So the question over here is, why is this talacha? This is well understood according to my opinion. De amina, what did I say? Rabbi Yechon is telling Rishlokish. What's my opinion? Chalitza muberes shmo chalitza. The chalitza of a muberes is a good chalitza. Mushum hachi pasla. So therefore, he passes her for kohuna. El elidi dach damrit chalitza muberes loy shmo chalitza. But according to your opinion, you say that the chalitza of a muberes is not a good chalitza bechlal. Am I pasla mina kohuna? So then why does he passel her for the kohona? In such a case, even though the vlad is not shal kayama, and so therefore the now we can see retroactively that it was a good yibum or a good chalitza, but according to the shlokish, if the chalitza and the yibum is done during the time when she's pregnant, it's nothing. So why does the Mishnah say that in such a case she's passled from the kohona? answers, The halacha of our Mishnah that she will be passed from Kohona is only midrabanon. It's a stringency in order not to confuse this case of Chalitza with a case where it's an actual good Chalitza and you will be passed for Kohona. So it's only a Chumra. This is one version of this question here that Rabbi Yechenin is the one that asked the question on Ishlakish from our Mishnah. Now, there's another version here. Ikidamri, others say, Eisve Rishlokish le Rabbi Yechenin. Rishlokish is the one that asked on Rabbi Yechenin from our Mishnah. What did it say in our Mishnah? Ein avlat shokayam, it turns out that the child is not a viable child. So then, the Yib, the Chalitza, was a good Chalitza. So therefore, who also bekrev yisav, he also bekrevav. They're forbidden to one each other's relatives. Upaslo menakohone. And she's puzzled to get married to a Kayan. So now, Rabbi, Rabbi Ishlakish, according to this version, is going to focus on this lashon that it says here. Posla mina kohona. That he passes her from kohona. So it says, Ishlakish, bishloi milididi. It's well understood according to me. The aminid, what I say is, chalitzes muuberes loishma chalitze. That really, minatayre, this chalitze is bechlal not a good chalitze. So that explains the language of the Mishnah. Therefore the Mishnah says that she becomes possible from Kohona. Why is the Mishnah focusing on this aspect? That she becomes possible to Kohona? That's an Chumre Medrabanan that she would become possible to Kohona even though the Chalitza really was not a good Chalitza. And the like Katani, the Mishnah does not use a language which is more direct and clear that she does not require to do Chalitza a second time from the other brothers. In other words, this is the main diakir of Rishlokish. Why does the Mishnah not say a more clear language? That in such a case, the Chalitza is a good Chalitza and therefore she does not require a second Chalitza. doesn't say that. Because really she wouldn't require a second Chalitza. The only thing the Mishnah says is, there should be Pasul from Kohona. 
It's saying that because that's exerim with the Rabbanon. But El Elididach, but according to Rabbi Yechenen, Einot Tzricha Chalitzim and Achim Yibayle. Why does the Mishnah not say a clearer Lashen that in such a case, because the first Chalitza is good, she would not need a second Chalitza? Amalei, so Rabbi Yechenen answered to this question, Enochanami, you're right, the Mishnah should have said that expression here, but Ve'aydi Detone Reisha, Loi Pasla, because in the Reisha, it cannot use this expression. Over there, it can't say Einot Tzricha Chalitzim and Achim. Because over there, it's not, it's not, it's a case where the chalitza that was done the first time is a good chal, is not a good chalitza. So over there, it says the lotion that she does not become puzzle. So over there, uh, again, so I did the tonneresha loy pasla. So because in the resha it uses the term loy pasla that she does not become pasla from the kainim, tonne sefer pasla. So therefore, it uses the same language in the sefer that she becomes pasla to the kainim, even though it, it could have used a stronger and more clear Lashon to say that she, should, that she does not need Chalitza from the brothers. Okay, now the Gemara will basically repeat the same question of Rabbi Yechenen on Rish Lakish, or according to another version, the question of Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yechenen from the next part of the Mishnah, when he did Yibum for her when she was Mubaris. What does it say in the Mishnah? That he did Yibum. And then you see that she was pregnant, but the child was not viable. Yikayim. So the language the Mishnah uses is Yikayim. He can remain married to her. So now, first the Gemara will explain what Rabbi Yechanan asked on Rish According to my opinion, Rabbi Yechanan says... I say, The chalitza, when she was pregnant, is a good chalitza. And also, if he had a relation with her to do the mitzvah of Yibum, is a good yikayim. That's why the Mishnah uses the term Yikayim. What does Yikayim mean? At this point, the Gemara understands. Yikayim means just remain married to her. There's nothing, you don't have to do the Bia over again to do the mitzvah. The mitzvah is done. You can remain married to her. According to Rish Lakish, both the Chalitza or the Bia at the time when she was pregnant is not good, so the mission should have used a different term. The mission should say clearly that he has to do the Bia over again in order to do the Mitzvah again. The Mitzvah done the first time was not good. So Rish Lakish answers to this, Ma Yikayim, when the Mishnah uses the term Yikayim, that's what it means. Yachzar v'yivol v'yikayim, that he has to go and have do the Bia again for the mitzvah, and then he remains married to her, Deloy Sagi, because what he did before is not enough, because that was the time when she was a Mo'beres. That's the first version, so it was Rabbi Yechenen that asked the question on Rish Lakish. Ikedamri, others say, Eisver Rish Lakish le Rabbi Yechenen. Rish Lakish asked a question to Rabbi Yechenen from the Mishnah. When the Mishnah said in Avlat that he did the Yibum when she was Muberes and then the child born was not viable, Yekayim. So the Mishnah uses the term Yekayim. What does Yekayim mean? Now the Gemara is going to start with the opposite approach. According to me, it's understood. Whether Chalitza or Bia in a time when she was pregnant is not a good Bia. Hainadiktani, Yekayim. That's what the Mishnah uses this term Yekayim, which means, according to the Shlokish, Yachzer v'yivol v'yekayim. The term Yekayim means that he has to have a Bia again for the mitzvah, and that's how he could be Mekayimer. 
the Leisagi Balavachi. It's not going to be enough if he doesn't have another beer with her because he has to do the mitzvah again. But according to you, according to Rabbi Yechenin, that says that the mitzvah is done already. Why does the Mishnah use the term Yekayim, which sounds like it's commanding that you have to go and do this? According to you, according to Rabbi Yechenin, the Mishnah should have said, Ratza Yaitzi, Ratza Yekayim Ibayale. Since according to you the mitzvah is done already, so it's his choice. He doesn't have to remain married to her anymore. If he wants, he can remain married to her. If he wants, he could divorce her. He could send her away. We divorce her. So why does the Mishnah use the term Yekayim? So Rabbi Yechanan answers, Enochanami. You're right. That would have been the more correct language for the Mishnah to use. But I did the ton of Reishi, Yoytzi, because in the Reishi it uses the term Yoytzi when she does have a viable child. So now he can't remain married to her. It's not an option. There's no mitzvah of Yibimur. So over here it says, Yoytzi, Toninami Seife, Yekayim. So therefore in the Seife as well, it uses this term of Yekayim, even though it, this term of Yekayim is Lavdafke, because he already fulfilled the mitzvah properly, even during the time when she was Mubaris. Meisvei, the Gemara now brings another B'raith, says a question on, I believe it's a question on Abyechenen. Let's see. He does Yibum and he finds that her, her, his wife was pregnant. So now that Tzara, the other wife, is not allowed to get married to anybody after this happened. Why? So the Lashon of the Brais is, Shema Yehei Avlad Ben Kayama. Because maybe the child that will be born will be a viable child. That's the Lashon that it says in the Brais. So the Gemara immediately asks, this doesn't make sense. Adarabe. On the contrary, if the child that's born ends up being a viable child, so then so then the tzara is potter from any yibum. That means that there's a child there. So there's no mitzvah of yibum at all. Why does Abraissa say that tzara has to wait and she can't go get married because maybe the child would be a ben kayama? Ella says the Gemara, Amos, so you have to amend the Braise and read as follows. Shema lo Vlad ben Kayama. You have to wait and see because maybe the child will not be a viable child and then the mitzvah of Yibam would still apply. Now what do you see from this? This is a question of Rabbi Yechenin. If, according to Rabbi Yechenin, when you do the mitzvah of Yibam the Bia, while the woman was Mubaris, and later the child that was born was not viable, so that's a good Bia, that's fulfillment of the mitzvah. Why should the tzara not go and get married immediately? To potter bibiya Let her become potter with the mitzvah that the other wife already fulfilled. If the child born is going to be viable, for sure there's no mitzvah of yibum. Let her go get married. If the child that's born is, is not viable, and there was a mitzvah of yibum, so her chavr, the other wife, already fulfilled the mitzvah of yibum. So this proves that what Rabbi Yechenin said is not true. A, a, a bia that was done at the time when she was muberes is not a good mitzvah of yibum, of, of, of bia. So therefore, the, the, the tzara has to wait until the mitzvah will be fulfilled. So because of this b'raise, Abaye Taki says that Taki, what we said before, is not true. When it comes to the yibum during the time when this woman was pregnant, nobody will disagree. That that it during the time of this ibor when she was muberes, it will not pat her from the mitzvah. They're only arguing regarding chalitza. Rabbi Yechenin Sava, Rabbi Yechenin's opinion is, chalitzas mu'uberes, shma chalitza. The chalitza of a mu'uberes is considered to be a chalitza. Chalitza is bia, again, bias mu'uberes, loy shma bia. But the bia, 
the relation, the mitzvah of Yibum during the time when she was Mubedas, that's not considered to be a mitzvah. Shlakish Savar, Shlakish's opinion is, be is Mubedas Leishma. the mitzvah of the be of the Yibum is not a mitzvah while she's Mubedas. And the same, Chalitza is Mubedas, Leishma Chalitza. And the Chalitza is also not a Chalitza. So regarding the Bia, they're not arguing about. They're only arguing regarding the Chalitza at the time when she was Mubedas, if it's going to be a good Chalitza or not. That's Rav's Nupshat in the Gemara, and Nupshat in the Smachlaik is here. So Rav asks him this and says, how could you make this distinction? Either way, you can't separate the halacha of the Yibom and the halacha of the Chalitza from one another. Why? If at this time when she is pregnant, the Bia, the Yibom is good, then Chalitza is Moberesh, Ma Chalitza. The Chalitza should also be good at that time. If at that time when she's Moberesh, the mitzvah of the Bia, the Yibom is not a good mitzvah, so then Chalitza is Moberesh, Namilosh, Ma Chalitza. Then the Chalitza should not be a mitzvah as well. Why? The Hakaim alone, we have the following rule. Which we had a few times before in the Mesechta. When you have a woman that's available that you can fulfill the mitzvah of Yibom, so then you have an option also to do Chalitza. But if this is a woman in a situation where the mitzvah of Yibom does not apply, you can't apply the mitzvah of Chalitza either. So over here, if she's a Mubaris, and you're telling me there's no mitzvah of Bia, there should be no mitzvah of Chalitza either. So therefore, Rabbi disagrees with this chat. We'll have to see the continuation in Mitzvah Shem tomorrow.